Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. Good Monday morning, too. It is a numbers game at VSIN, the sports betting network, VSIN.com, the VSIN app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV. All brought to you by BetMGM. It's Gil Alexander. It's Kelly Bidlin. We have our Super Bowl. The Chiefs and the Eagles will go through it all, by the way, later on the show. Chrissy Andrews will join us. By the way, good morning, Kelly. By the way, should, good morning. Should not go over that important point. How you doing, man? I'm good. Your migraines are okay. Yeah, right? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. okay yeah. uh, later on the show, Chrissy Andrews. So here's how we'll do this again. Chrissy Andrews, as we do this in the playoffs, will join us at the end of the show. Last two segments, we'll do the blow by blow for each game from yesterday, like we do it guessing line style. The whole recap, uh, detail by detail, from on the field, off the field, Romo, Anita Baker, everything. We'll cover it all. Uh, we'll do that in the last couple segments of the show. Uh, but we will start there as well. And we will uh, talk about the Australian Open. We'll talk about the golf tournament, the Farmers Insurance this weekend, um, and moving forward in that. And we also want to talk, the only other th- non-football thing we want to talk about today is this Jaron Jackson Defensive Player of the Year controversy. Not sure if you're aware of this or not, but this is a fascinating little case study yeah. in sports betting legalization and every little detail that must be kosher in not only determining that, but daily props, daily fantasy, and that kind of thing. We'll tease that. That's for later. As far as the games yesterday, let us just begin with congratulating Eagles fans, Eagles backers, Chiefs fans, Chiefs backers. Uh, by any measure, what an amazing, let's start with the Eagles. What an amazing thing for the for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ben Valin uh, summed it up in a tweet yesterday Ben Valin, who's uh, primarily known for his takes on Boston media. But he summed it up by saying, you know, what an amazing turnaround by, by any measure. Injuries ruin this particular game, he said. But the Eagles don't care. They're headed to their fourth Super Bowl in franchise history. Incredible turnaround by Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni from 4-11-1 in 2020 to the Super Bowl in 2022. And he's right. By any measure, that is outstanding despite what happened yesterday, which obviously we'll get into. Just awesome. And and let us not forget that the, you know, that the Jalen Hurts, let's seize on the quarterback, when Jalen Hurts was drafted, what was the consensus? What an overdraft. What are they going to do with him? Drafting him so early in the second round, what was that? And yet here we are. Eagles to the Super Bowl, and congratulations again to everybody who has them futures-wise. Also, the Chiefs. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's the, the Patrick Mahomes era. And again, we'll get to the details because there's, so de- <laughs> there's so many details that got us to this point. But Patrick Mahomes now headed to his, and the Chiefs, and Andy Reid, headed to their third Super Bowl in four years. And for Patrick Mahomes, as we mentioned, five straight championship games in six seasons. Remember, his first season, he, uh, he backed up Alex Smith only played in one game. So basically, every single season of his, not basically, every single season of his has gone to a championship game and in now 
three of the last four a Super Bowl. Now, if they only win one, if they don't win this game against the Eagles and they remain stuck at one Super Bowl victory, eh, then maybe you can start talking about missed opportunities. Yep. Yeah, um, it was uh, that felt big last night for everything that you're talking about right now, the historical perspective of the Chiefs, uh, of them getting back, you know, getting back to a Super Bowl, playing in another conference championship game. Those are incredible marks, but the. I, I, I think that win was huge for them last night against the Bengals, and we'll dive more into that, but I think the, the win against the Bengals was m- maybe mattered to them more than I thought it was going Ooh, to, specifically did, the Bengals. Did they reveal that it did afterwards? Yeah. Not, my goodness, did they? And then, and then, look, I think you're right. I think that the this is a season of, and it, and it stinks because they're banged up, but it's, it's a season of putting some of these questions to bed, right? And it's, look, I think the Burrow-Mahomes questions were starting to, you know, perk up here over the past few months. That, that up clearly last, affected them. I brought that up last week that if that if Burrow wins this game, it's Mahomes and Burrow on the same tier. You yeah. can't separate them anymore. Well, you still maybe you can, maybe you can. That's I, obviously a more I, nebulous conversation. Gil, I started thinking about that. Yes, it's nebulous, and yes, it's a it's a it's a Subjective. complete sports talk uh, yeah. rant. But I did start thinking about that with like three minutes left in the game. Oh, there's no question. But let, let's start with the Eagles. So, again, with congratulations to all those fans and all the backers who had both of those teams. But let's start with the Eagles. You can be congratulated. You can be happy. But it's an, it's another thing. Here's what I'm reminded of, Kelly, before I get into this. Remember the, the college football national championship between Alabama and Texas? And Colt McCoy came up with weak arm, like at yeah. the, at, towards the end of the first quarter, or dead arm or whatever they called yeah, it. dead arm. And I remember after that game, the people who had Alabama chirping about their handicapping win. And I remember thinking, I was like, are you guys the biggest idiots I've ever met in my life? So there was a, there's a few people, right, yesterday, because uh, they're Eagles fans or they're Eagles backers or whatever, or they want the worst for you, whatever it is. And they're like, ah, oh, yeah, you were so wrong, and we were so Okay, you could be congratulated. It doesn't mean your handicap was proven correctly. Right, yeah. We have no idea. Anybody's handicap was proven wrong. Let's separate those two matters yesterday. Um, by the end of the first quarter of that game between the Niners and Wait, the Gil, Ch- so you're saying I shouldn't bust out the money gun because I was on the Eagles' money That's line correct. yesterday? Okay, That's correct. You should not. But by the end of the first quarter of that Niners-Eagles <laughs> game, you had, let's just get to the, to the potential award winners. You had the potential coach of the year, in Kyle Shanahan, who should have obviously, obvious by Devontae Smith's reaction to his non-catch on a very high leverage fourth down play in a scoreless game, he should have absolutely have challenged that play just on the tell of Devontae's reaction. Yep. That's the potential coach of the year. Then, of course, you had the potential offensive rookie of the year in Brock Purdy getting hit and injured by Hassan Reddick. And again, ulnar nerve issues is probably what it is, something that time, a day or two, would take care of. But you've got no feeling in your hand. You can barely grip a football is the sort of medical reaction to something like that. He is knocked out of the game. And then you have the potential defensive player of the year who gets hurt sitting on the sidelines. <laughs> he did get in the game, but it was one thing after another. By the way, this was after the second play of the game where Dre Greenlaw got temporary knock, temporarily knocked out. You're like, oh, thank God he's back in the game. This would be the worst thing that happens to us today. Yeah. Let that, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know. So it was this Fred Warner go down. You have the Bosa. Oh, was, I'm sorry. It was, it was Warner at first, not yeah, Greenlaw. Warner, my yeah, my bad. Yeah. Um, and then it was the uh, Bosa was in. in 
you know who was it? Olsen on the call. Olsen's starting to crack me up with some of these things now where it was like, like he was like, and there's Olsen down again, and uh he's gonna he's gonna go out. And then it was like, and Olsen's coming back in again. Yeah, and and then of course, by you know, the after the first few plays of this of the oh, second so, half, so. by the first few plays of the second half, then Josh Johnson gets knocked out. Linval Joseph hits him and his and his head hits the ground. And so for really a half of football, the San Francisco 49ers, who had their third string and their fourth string quarterbacks knocked out of this game, did not have a quarterback who could physically throw a forward pass. It was that somebody yesterday was saying they would have been better with 67-year-old Steve Young out there. By the way, I don't know if he's 67. Matt, yeah, uh, yes, they would have been. Yes, <laughs> like, they yes, would have been. been. They would have been, but that just shows you how, <laughs> how, how ridiculous it was. I mean, the competitive portion of this game there, was over. There's no doubt they would have been better. <laughs> so, again, congratulations to you. Let's not chirp so much. Matt Goldich, by the way, uh, put it this way. He goes, uh-oh, the 49ers' fifth-string quarterback is George Santos. There's a little political humor <laughs> uh, for Matt Goldich. Anyway, so it was – it's a shame for those of us who had Niners futures. By the way, this is why they call it betting, right? This is why they call it gambling. These things can happen. Um, the likelihood of, a, of both of your quarterbacks getting knocked out in any particular football game is uh, slim to none, but it happened. By the way, I had the, I, on the Megapod, I did ask, who's the Niners backup? Who's their active backup quarterback for this game? I just For some reason, I had the presence of mind to ask that question because I thought, is, is Garoppolo going to be available for this? And no was the answer. Yeah, we kind of got that update like two weeks ago yeah. that he was still he was still hurting hurting on his on his comeback. But man, you ju- you just wonder, right? What if there, I, I think that what if question will be lasting for a while because I, I don't know if we truly know how how injured he still is. But obviously, you designate before the game whether he you know whether he can play or not. Um, yeah. It's and you, you just it, it never had an opportunity, right? You just listen, never had the opportunity. For, so for those of us who had who had Niners futures, who had Niners MVP tickets. By the way, is George Kittle still available for Super Bowl MVP? I'm not sure if that ticket still counts. Um, <laughs> it's 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 super unfortunate because yeah, might they have lost anyway? They might have. Will we ever know? We will never know. We will never know about that. So that sort of it. it someone said, "Oh, it's it's a stinky way for the Niners things to to end." It, it was a stinky way for for the NFC and football to have it yeah. end yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I think I think the other the other side of that coin gill is with this new playoff format. This is the greatest example we've seen so far of how valuable getting the one seed is, right? Because you can you can kind of I don't I don't want to say luck, but I'm going to kind of luck your way into a Super Bowl, right? It is you take care of business against a crappy seven seed, uh, seven seed team. And then you just have one, you know, one injury, and the Eagles are in a Super Bowl. Or two. And I'm not taking anything away yeah. from the Philadelphia Eagles and what they no. did all season long. Good for them. And how good of a team they are. I'm just, th- I'm just saying, think of what the Chiefs and the Bengals went through yesterday, and who's remaining in it, who's remaining in the left in the in this race for a, for a Super Bowl, and what the Eagles' path was. To His, history won't care. Like if the Eagle, if, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl. History will not care that they crushed a horrible Giants team, that they beat a Niners team that didn't have a quarterback who could throw forward pass for a half of a football game. And, oh, by the way, might beat a Chiefs team that is now without, we don't know yet, right? We're going to have to follow this for the next two weeks. But good God, at wide receiver in the secondary, what are they going to have? So, again, history won't care. Good on the Eagles. Um, A number one seed helps that very much, at least on the front side of that. 
And then if you catch a break or two, my goodness. So congratulations against the Eagles. Tough way for the Niners and Niners backers to fall. Uh, we will talk about all the officiating in both games, and we'll talk about the Chiefs and the Bengals on the other side. Oh, boy. How'd you feel about the officiating yesterday? Did it ruin the entire day for you? I think it did to some. See, Najad makes a great point about golf and tennis coming up, too. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Game on v the Sports Betting Network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account. And start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700. We get tweets at beating the book. I always appreciate the uh, feedback. John Anthony the second, I believe he goes. He says, I did find it crazy how all week you were the only one to note the importance of Jimmy G if he would be back up today. That was uh, from yesterday, yeah. Um, that would have been nice. Would it Huge. Would it have yeah. changed things? Well, we would have had someone, they would have had someone who could throw a forward pass. That's right. I mean, yeah. Who so, so, yes, it changes yes. things. Hockey skeptic uh, scout. And this is such a great point. This I wanted to bring up as well. I hope that uh, on ANG you discuss the live betting angles available in the Eagles game. Can't adjust the line enough, et cetera. Yeah. 1,000%. We always talk about these moments in sports that come along that you have to be able to seize upon and exploit and just say, whatever it was I thought before, whatever it was, this is in front of me. I have to just purge all of that and go with this. Uh, we talk about with like a tennis player who all of a sudden has the yips, right? Like, oh my gosh, you can't get the ball over the over the net. You gotta, you know, you want a hugger, but the capitalist in you just like, I gotta fade it, right? <laughs> this was that. This was that yesterday, right? Like yeah. the you couldn't bet the Eagles enough, or as it turned out, the under enough, yep. because you just knew the Niners. The Niners were helpless. Brock Purdy, when he got back in that game from from the early plays of the uh, second half to the end. Through two, they attempted two forward passes. That's it, two, and both of them were like the the shortest that could possibly be imagined. He just couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And I really, there was a moment there where we thought Kyle Uzcheck was going to be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm actually kind of surprised Shanahan didn't go to that. Um, yeah, like, or or you would have thought like maybe just going straight Wildcat would have been in their best interest or something well, like that. With they McCaffrey. tried that with McCaffrey. That didn't look uh, too good. Do you do you want to hear Purdy talking about the talking about the yeah, injury and please, the process? Of please, it? absolutely. Just, um, you know, my arm just felt like it stretched out. Um, just felt like really a lot of just shocks all over from my elbow down to my wrist, front and back. Um. Just pain, really, all over. Getting an MRI tomorrow, um, you know, it, it is a little swollen in the forearm area near the elbow. And um, so I know, man, it's uh, still in pain, obviously, but just got to get the MRI tomorrow. I've been throwing after the hit occurred on the sideline just to see where I was at. Um, but even in those throws, it was, it was painful. And so um, I couldn't throw anything probably over 10 yards, 5 yards, so... Um, that's why we just had some screens. That was really our only option when I, when I went back in. Oof, brutal. As it was explained yeah. to me, uh, 
Purdy clearly has some sort of stretch injury to either his ulnar or median nerve, which passed through the elbow. The ulnar nerve slides in the ulnar groove, which is at the elbow where the funny bone is. So any kind of contact or stretch injury there affects the ring and pinky fingers. Whereas the median nerve, which is on the other side of the elbow, controls the thumb, first finger, and middle finger. So a stretch or crush injury like that causing numbness and tingling would radiate down. Yeah, I sort of went back to your live betting point. It was, I got in as well, but I... I waited a little while just because I wasn't. You, it was so watching it live was so odd looking, right? Because you had that fumble, the fumble part of it, which I picked up on like immediately. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, no, I, I think that ball was out of his hand when it got knocked forward. But the the injury was, I, I just, I kind of felt like he was going to come back at some point, and, well, and then he never did. Let's get let's get to the you know let's give the Eagles credit though. Shanahan doesn't challenge. The Devontae Smith fourth down scoreless game. Yeah. Not a catch, right? Not a catch. By the way, you don't even need to challenge it. Just call a timeout, right? As soon as you see yep. Devontae Smith, just call a timeout to, to let things settle. And by the way, Nick Sirianni deserves credit for challenging the Purdy play, which was clearly a fumble, yes. right? Yep. Which wasn't initially ruled on the field that way. So give those two coaches, you know, one the criticism he deserves, one the credit he deserves. Um, by the way, the, the Bills game that we talked about, was it last week? What was the game where I came back in here and I'm like, this replay assist thing, this expedited replay thing, yeah. like I didn't get the memo on this. They've, <laughs> they've, they've talked about it at least five or six plays in this yes. game. Yeah. So that didn't exist yesterday. First of all, that angle that showed that it wasn't a Devontae Smith catch, funny how we didn't see that angle until after the commercial. Mm-hmm. Replay assist is not supposed to assist when the offensive team races to the line of scrimmage. There seems to be an incongruence in all those things. Wait, Especially, are you serious? That, that was the official. That's yes, an official rule. That's an official. But on a fourth down in such a high leverage situation like that, it is the burden is on the coach Shanahan for all his great X's and O's. You know I love him there. He's got issues in game in game situation in situational decision making for sure. Um, I guess I'm, I guess that's interesting. At first, I'm, I was a little shocked by that, but just thinking about it, I guess you want if a team wants to go, you know, kind of college style, no huddle offense, and quick to the line as possible, you can't be it does, slowing yeah. them down there, every time. There's no, but there's no logic to it. in one game. You can use it five times, but I'm sorry, they're speeding up. I can't use it here, and it's a big you know, like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, they got to figure out something sense. with that. Um, let me just ask you a couple questions with the officiating. There's issue. a lot of rules they got to figure out. So the Eagles yesterday, and again, we'll get to the play-by-play on all of this later on the show, but the Eagles ended up with 3.8 yards per play yesterday. They had seven first downs via penalty. And again, once the Niners didn't have a functioning human at quarterback, their play calling changed, I would imagine, too. So you got to point that out. But those penalties on the, on the Niners' defense, many of which were legit. Yeah. Do they call all those if that's the Eagles? Um, in the in the Bengals Chiefs game, we talked about this you and I yesterday. Let's get to that. The Burrow um, intentional grounding late, which was intentional grounding, would they have called that on Patrick Mahomes? The biggest uh, and uh, and let's just get to the end of that. Game. I don't know, Gil, but yeah. they definitely don't call that during the regular season. So here's my thing with this game. So the the late hit on Joseph Osai out of bounds that gave the Chiefs 15 extra yards and allowed Butker to sneak that 45-yarder in. And he did just sneak it in, just over the crossbar. You have to call that, right? It's unfortunate. Yeah. But let's hold two thoughts in our heads at the same time. 
it sucks that it happened to that kid. He played a great game, but you have to call it. Now, yep. the problem is what you didn't call on that play was at least one clear hold and maybe a second hold. What you didn't call was on the punt return that preceded that play, right? A clear block in the back on uh, on number 47 of the uh, of the Chiefs. That's, mm-hmm. uh, I want to get his name, yeah, Darius my, Darius Harris, I believe is his name. I don't have my roster in front of me, but yeah, that, that was, I, now I couldn't those tell, are tough. I couldn't tell you who he blocked because they only showed the replay once and Nance and Romo didn't mention it at all. But it was like, Kelly, you and I on primetime action used to have a gag. Yes. Where it didn't matter if Matt Brown was talking. I would interrupt you. And, I'd be, and if we were watching a punt return, I'd be like, hey, Kelly, look, there's a flag on a punt return. Because that call is it's made on every stupid punt return. Every play. Which also lets you know that it happens. That, I guess this is where this is, you and I were texting about this last night. I think the NFL just has a rules problem on their hand. I don't really know it's the officiating. It, I think it's a... I think it's almost impossible for us to ask these officials point. officials to actually officiate the game correctly with the way the rules are set up. Again, that intentional grounding uh, call, they don't call that during the regular season. We've seen that. We, you watch every Sunday. You see way more passes that are way over guys' heads or shorter than that throw was. They don't get called because they don't want to. They don't want to have that. Oh, this it's all about penalties. They don't want. They don't want to have that. Aura around the refs, um, but it, it's it's just it, I think they're in a real tough spot when it comes to holding, when it comes to yeah. hitting the quarterbacks late, high or low, right? Okay. Pass interference. Can we put up the Sia Najad tweet? Yeah, because we're going to talk about the Australian Open, the Farmers Insurance Open a little later on the show. But I've I've made this point about tennis before, and this is just a a betting sort of point from Sia, who's on this show a lot. Um, I had an amazing PGA week. He said I had an awful NFL week. NFL is king, but I'll say this about golf betting. You don't need to worry about officiating in golf, and I'll say the same thing about tennis. In the NFL, refs have the power to control the action and the outcome. That's simply not a thing in golf. Bet accordingly. And I just think that's a great tweet. Um, Just for better, listen, we all love football. None of us are going to stop betting football. I'm not suggesting we are. Football is our religion. It's the it was the first love of my life. Yep. Right. I had immigrant parents, and by six years old, I was obsessed with this thing. And they're like, "Who is this alien child?" So, like, we're it's not going to change. But has it gotten to the point now where they control so much, and it seems to be called arbitrary in the way where it where it ruined your experience a little bit yesterday, if not a lot. I think that's a valid question. I think it is, too. I think we also bring this up, it seems like, every year, and then nothing changes, and then we all move on with our lives and love the football. Oh, we're going to move on. We're going to move on to another segment. As well. <laughs> we'll look at uh, we'll look at uh, we'll look at some odds, some MVP odds. We'll look at, uh, again, the game coming up. What an interesting matchup because, oh, boy, Chiefs injuries. That's the issue. And, again, we'll go through this play-by-play. A amazing Jaron Jackson discussion for betting purposes as well. Controversy there. It's a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 
a numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's big game, the VSIN experts have got you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits, deep dive betting reports, VSIN betting guides for the biggest games of the season, where our experts break down brackets. Best bets and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit vsin.com slash subscribe today to sign up for only $9.99. That's vsin.com slash subscribe. We get tweets at beating the book. This is from uh, McManus. I uh, cannot wait for the recap of the show later. Uh, recap of the games later. Um, play by play. Number two, Eagles dominating victory. Chiefs eke out a win. Philly favorite in a game they shouldn't be. It's like I heard this somewhere before. Chiefs ML, LFG, you know what that means. So this harkens back to our discussion that we had last week on Friday, Kelly, you and I, where I brought up, I was like, what if one team blows out the other in one game? Mm-hmm. What if one team ekes out in the other? And then you'll see a line that favors the team that got the blowout. But can you really read in as much as you think you can to that victory and to the eking out on the other side? So now here is, by the way, here's how the Super Bowl odds have already moved at Circa. This is, yeah, this is Circa. So, and, and I think they were one of the first, or if not the first, to market yesterday. So you'll see at the bottom, we have a two, it's two and a half to the Chiefs is what they had opened. And, now, and now two and a half on the Eagles. And now two and a half to the Eagles. So that, that swing in about 20 minutes of, bet, of betting action yesterday. And who's the only one of those Chiefs who's on the injury report currently? Sneed? Uh, as far as the defensive backs go, yes. Now, obviously, this is very early because they yeah. haven't even practiced yet. But, yeah, you've got, I mean, McCole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Canarius Tony, all on there from the wide receiver yeah, standpoint. that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I get that move yeah, because I, of those I was, injuries. I mean, I texted you this. I, I sat down, I, I guess, a little late because I didn't catch this circuit number. But I sat down, when I sat down to look at the opening lines, I was like, if I can get Eagles at pick them or better – I'm betting it just ju- just to take a piece of – um, I, I mean, I think they're still a great team, but we're talking about all these injuries on the Kansas City side. I don't feel comfortable betting against Mahomes, but that was my – as far as opening betting goes, I thought it would be a smart money line bet at least to grab that early, and I missed I, it because it swung all the way back to Eagles I, two, two and a half. I will say this again. I totally get the move because of the injuries, but I, I'm with McManus. It's exactly what we talked about last week. And I think you do have some value on the Chiefs. Call me Al. We got two weeks to figure it out. Rihanna, first song should be Lift Me Up from Black Panther movie. Two million likes on YouTube. All black theme, LOL. Yes, I'm a black man that stays in Chicago, given recent events in Memphis. Makes sense. Uh, this is from, let's see. do do do. These are great. Some of these are awesome. Um, I have no blue check mark. Well, we'll get to this in a, when we talk about the Australian Open, so maybe I'll, I'll save that one. Because he has a, a tennis question. We do have Jaron Jackson tweets as well. We'll get to those. I promise we'll cover both sides of the Jaron Jackson issue. They're already thinking we're taking the side of the Reddit user, which we'll get to next time. Oh, yeah, we're no, not. No, we're not covering both sides of it. <laughs> we're covering both sides of it, Motor City Mike. Don't worry. Uh, the Better Life snuggled up with the Better Baby as we listen to Uncle Gil on the radio. He's got a new child. They're listening. Uh, uh, let's see here. This is uh, Hoops Shot. He says, I admire you, Gil, but you're wrong with saying the Eagles limped into the Super Bowl. I didn't say they limped it. I said they had an easy road. Uh, they could yeah, and if anything, I said it more. Yeah, they could have had. <laughs> don't blame me for what Kelly. Yeah, right, don't exactly. blame me for what Kelly says. Who's not? Uh, he said they could have had uh, Joe Montana in his prime. The Eagles D line. What did it, what does it say? 
the Eagles limped in the Super Bowl. Oh, they could. Oh, the Niners could have had Joe Montana in his prime. The Eagles D line mauled that O line to yes, actually knock out the quarterbacks. The Eagles are better on both sides of the ball. Period. Sure, maybe. Sure. We'll never know. And by the way, we'll never know if the Niners would have had Brock Purdy dropping back to pass if they'd challenge that play. Also, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's a butterfly effect to this this kind of thing. Um, Charles in, in Connecticut, you just asked, did the officiating ruin my enjoyment of yesterday? No, but that's because I've come to expect crappy officiating much more often than not. I mean, I, that, that's the one I just, I think I'm more on the side of that. It's the, Well, that sucks, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it sucks. Of course it sucks. I don't know, but I love the NBA, too. Like, what, like, block charge? It's like the hardest call in sports. <laughs> I mean, geez, did anybody see the Lakers-Celtics on Saturday? Oh, my God, if you want to talk about uh, bad officiating, we could go places. Against LeBron, right? Yes. Robbie, Gil, no one has brought up the butterfly effect. Meaning, <laughs> we just talked about it. Meaning, if the pass to Smith is overturned, the Niners get the ball, all the events change, and Brock Purdy play and his injury That's never hilarious. happens. Nothing after that happens because <laughs> the whole course of everything changes. Yeah. Uh, Jack Cannon makes a great point. So Kirby Smart calls a timeout after seeing a formation, but Kyle Shanahan doesn't throw mm-hmm. a flag after seeing Devontae Smith's reaction. Think coaching doesn't matter? 100%. You know what? No, uh, noted Niners fan, our director, uh, Isaiah Wrinkle, said it before the show to me. And, and he's right, because at first I, I brought up the challenge point. What you do there is call a timeout, because it's so early I in said the that game. I, said I know, that. I know, I know yeah. you said it, too. Yeah. But you do. You call a timeout. I don't think... I, because it's so early in the game, I don't know if I've got the stones to throw a challenge flag there either and kind of... Uh, listen, if I hadn't seen Smith's reaction, I'm not going to suggest I would have had the presence of mind to do it either. Yeah. Maybe. Pro- maybe not, though. But as, as soon as you saw his reaction, I'm screaming at the TV, dude. Yeah. Like, throw something. Yeah. It's a fourth down play. Uh, Brad's... Or, I mean, yeah, but I mean or at a minimum, you call a timeout, right? Because it makes them look at it more. Plus, yes. you're not in this hurry-up mode. Spiderweb. What everyone is not talking about is on that last Mahomes scramble, 92 is being held on a blanket hold. Again, we've talked about all this already. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, AJ, AJ Fiore, uh, let the Tom Brady to San Francisco talks begin. Boy, that's a tough thing. Like, Purdy got hurt, and so now they're going to go full steam after Brady. Did you see a Rex Ryan thing this weekend? Did you see this? Rex no, Ryan openly. Like which of 100 things he says a morning that are shocking. Openly speculating that. Dan Snyder will snell, will sell, and then Washington will have both Brady and Sean Payton. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not happening. Jeez, all right. uh, Jesse Welch, along with grabbing uh, the Kittle Super Bowl MVP tickets today. Can I also get a Bucks Super Bowl winning ticket too? Yes, both available. Yeah. Um, and on and on with these. We'll get to and we'll get to more of these. We would appreciate it. But um, you agree with that? That Philadelphia should be the favorite now because of the injuries. But you're not racing to bet this. Yeah, you, not at you, all. This, you, will this be the exact same swing back and forth that we saw I with mean, the Chiefs last week? This, that's. I mean, we texted about this last night. Yeah. I think that's going to be the interesting thing to watch. Uh, you know, the next couple of weeks. I mean, we're still talking about just. It's going to be Chiefs injuries, right? That's all you're going to hear about for the next couple of weeks. In in the one, I don't know how much that's going to affect the line over the next couple of weeks. If they, if they are, you know, if some of these wide receiver injuries are worse. Um, you know, and Sneed, you know, gets ruled out or something like that. I think that might influence the betting from more of the, you know, pro sharp guys, whatever. Uh, but the one thing we know for sure, almost for sure, I guess, I guess I'm assuming this, on Saturday or Sunday, day of the Super Bowl, 
You're telling me people, Joe Publix walking into the sports book and seeing Patrick Mahomes at plus money on a money line, and they're not betting that? Like, right. that's where I think, like, it might take two weeks, but I think you're going to see movement on game day. Yesterday, the Chiefs played the final quarter of that football game with Valdez Scantling, Marcus Kemp, and Sky Moore at wide yeah. receiver. And three rookies at cornerback against one of the best quarter, uh, quarterback-wide receiver combos. In all yeah, and I don't really know what that whole story is with the secondary. That's the one I'm looking forward to seeing more, more detailed injury reports on what's once uh, once they start practicing again. Um, but Nance brought that up on the broadcast about how, you know, at a cert- certain point they had three three rookies out on the field for, for an extended period of time. And, I, I mean, hey, this is where wh- whatever guy was was tweeting at me about the Eagles. The Eagles are still really, really good. Yes. And I, that's, I'm sorry. If there are – This is an uh, exercise in holding multiple exa- thoughts in your head at the it, same time, ladies and gentlemen. It's the perfect exercise of that. Yes. The Eagles had an easy road to the Super Bowl. Are the Eagles still damn good that they're better than every team in the NFL? Yes. Yes, that is absolutely possible. <laughs> it's amazing. So, I'm sorry. If I, if I know more the Kansas City de- defense is going to be starting that many rookies in the secondary against the likes – of A.J. Brown, Dallas Goddard, Devontae Smith. Yes, I'm going to be looking at betting the Eagles in this game. We, we also found out from Jim Nance right before the game, did you hear this, that that Kelsey, Travis Kelsey almost didn't play. I know. Uh, he looked like he might not as early as Sunday morning, yesterday morning, after tweaking his back on the second to last snap of practice on Friday. Yeah, that was very bizarre. So that was bizarro as then, well. like, he looked fine. Right? By the way, but, let's let's sort of close the 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 – loose end on this. You mentioned how we learned after the game just how much the Chiefs were affected by all this Burrow talk. Oh, gosh, do we have yes. do we have the Mahomes sound on that? Yeah, we do. We, we can you know what we can do uh yeah. Isaiah roll these back to back. Let's go Kelsey Kelsey and then I mean, Mahomes yeah, post game talking about. I mean they beat us last time they were talking about we, we gotta play them. There was a lot of stuff. I mean the mayor came at me, man. I mean <laughs> I mean I understand he's the mayor of Cincinnati so he has to think about something, but uh I mean it's it's something that you just got to play the football game and then let your play do the talking. I just want to thank God, man. <laughs> Woo! Burrow hit my ass! Woo! It's Mahomes' house! Hey. Yeah. They, they, they were cared about. They cared. They cared big time. By the way, the, we haven't brought up Tony Romo yet, but the most appropriate way to end that broadcast last night was after that when, when Romo goes, It's not Burrow land, he said? Arrowhead? <laughs> what? That's like, oh, God. Oh, God. Go off the air, please, already. Coming back, a little golf and tennis talk, more football, numbers game visa, the sports betting network. The Sports Betting Network. Attention, BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Well, here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and their wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement at BetMGM and get a $50 bonus. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi and Nevada. We get tweets at beating the book. Uh, everybody doing such a, a wonderful job with the uh, with the tweets this morning. This is Dukes. Dukes in the uh, in the PNW. 
oh, and this is such a great point. And again, let me, let me, Kelly and I just want to say this. With Chrissy coming at the end where we go through the blow-by-blow, blow, we'll get to all of – any point that we've missed, and we haven't missed much, but any point that we've missed, we'll get to it eventually, but yeah. he brings this up, and this is such a great point. He says, I'm sure you'll get to this, Gil, but considering the clock management of Taylor, they were screwed out of a full minute due to the Chiefs' phantom series when the clock ticked from 10.30 to 9.30. Hypothetically, they have a timeout and a minute instead of three seconds. Um, let me just sort of distill this because this, I believe that what he's talking about is when the game was t- at 20 to 20 and the Chiefs, remember, we thought they had a six and out. And we're like, okay, they're going to punt the football because on third and nine, Mahomes hit Kelsey with a four-yard pass and it's like, okay, Casey's going to punt. Nope. Apparently, the play never happened. And then Mahomes was sacked on the subsequent play, but then there was, a, remember, there was a flag on Eli Apple for defensive holding that extended the drive further. And, like, the Bengals backers and fans and, and players and coaches were livid, understandably. Luckily for everybody, and I mean this for everybody in football America, football world, luckily, KC had to punt there eventually anyway after three more plays because of all the refereeing controversy yesterday, Kelly, if that had resulted, mm. if that sequence had resulted in the definitive go-ahead winning score for Kansas City, we would all be apoplectic yeah, today. Yeah, that, I mean, that one was that one was as bad. That's as bad as things were this weekend, oh, as oh, they got this week. And, and not saying that, the, that you were saying this off air, which is a great point. The officiating, like, they had a lot of things going on, and so they had to sort it out. But the fact that we as viewers or as fans had no clue, Jim Nance and Tim Romo yeah. had no clue what was happening. That would have left a horrible taste. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. There's, there's the communication between scorekeeping to the refs and yada yada yada, and there was clocks, you know, moving and not moving, and it's, I don't know. I, I, I just go back to what I said at the start of the show. I think it's the, these refs are just put in a tough spot with how the how the rules yeah, work right. sometimes. Dom Perignon, underrated part of home field advantage is the unconscious bias of a ref throwing a 50-50 penalty against the, uh, he means the visiting team in a high leverage spot. We always say that about the NBA, where they're right on top of the. Uh, the fans are right on top of the rest. Logic 3227. Only bad thing about this Super Bowl matchup is that for two weeks now, I'm going to have to hear about how it's the Kelsey Bowl. Brother playing brother will be shoved down our throats for two weeks. Oh, also, it's the Andy Reid Bowl. You may want yeah, to get say, that shit. We, we hadn't brought it up once yet. Uh, <laughs> D-Gen Southern Gent. Did you not see the uh, 49ers-Eagles game as the same kind of betting opportunity as the TCU-Georgia game? I just kept smashing the Eagles once the game developed. I'm surprised a lot of books didn't start taking lines down to avoid getting one-way action. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely right. I, I think once the game developed is the big part for me there. I, I didn't bet it immediately. I didn't bet it immediately because I, I was unsure of what, you know, what Purdy – you know, like he kind of, I kind of looked fine, right? But it was, it was just the feeling, the feeling in his arms and stuff. So I got in on live a couple times, but I definitely could have gotten better numbers. There's no doubt about that. There was a point in the play-by-play where uh, Wishnev texts me, he goes, "I don't think there's a big difference between uh, Purdy and Josh Johnson." And then Johnson <laughs> doesn't catch that snap, and they fumble, and he goes, "Maybe I've underestimated the uh, the ability to catch a snap." Neil Galbraith. Uh, why did Cincy not punt out of bounds? Why give them a chance to return the ball? Yeah, I mean that too, that too. Talking about the final punt return where a block in the back was not called. Yeah. Um, mailman. Could he have gotten it down there that far? I mean, 
You're still trying to – the problem is with that is you're still trying to get every yard possible to make it a lo- the longest field goal possible. Right? Ta- Taylor bitter after that because he saw that. By the way, he continues. He goes, I was just dying at you talking about a women's player getting the yips. You want a hugger, but the capitalist in you is just saying I've got a fader. Spot on, Gil. Spot on. <laughs> uh, Johnny Ringo, Eagles fans holding two thoughts in their head at the same time. You guys have jokes today. <laughs> Uh, by the way, yeah. Tony Romo thing, I mentioned, you know, the thing about the Chiefs having the Bengals in their head. At the end of the game, it was the perfect way to end that broadcast. He goes, it's not Burrow land, he said? Arrowhead? Like, he totally missed that part. Uh, like, I, the way I took that, Gil, is somehow Tony Romo hadn't heard this that's, joke that's or whatever. That's correct. He yeah, had not heard it. two weeks or whatever. How did he not hear it? It's like it was breaking news that Kelsey was announcing to him. Like, oh, this was a thing. There's a couple more things he did in this game. He, he uh, I have so many quotes. From I him. just kind of chuckle sometimes, I guess, because it's, I, you know, I think there's a lot of people out there. and You know, maybe maybe it's me. Maybe it's, uh, I don't want to mention other guys, but maybe someone like Todd, too, where it's, uh, you know, if you listen, if you listen to this show often and you're like, what's this random dude Kelly yelling about all the time? Like, I kind of get it because that's how I feel like Romo is these days where I'm like, Dude, like, calm down. Like, what's like what you're yelling about here doesn't even really matter, and it's just nonsense that you're spewing. Remember that first Chiefs would be touchdown to Tony that was ruled incomplete on the field. He might have caught it, but they didn't have enough evidence yeah. to overturn it. Still deciding they haven't determined it yet. Nance goes. <laughs> exactly. Nance goes under his breath. And Nance goes. Said incomplete. Oh, incomplete. Now you're right. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. He like overreacts and acts like a child to like everything. And it's like, all right, calm down, man. There was also the, the there was also the moment in the game. I don't know if you caught this, but he was talking about he was talking about the Mahomes disrespect or whatever, and uh compared it to Jordan in the '92 finals. Yeah, Nance praised him. And um, he did, but immediately I went in my head, too, and I'm like, Romo would have been damn young to have had these, like, opinions <laughs> yes. about that game. He was like, would have been, like, 12 years old on that game. Um, That's like Nance brought it up. He's like, wow, it's, uh, it was really good of you to, uh, to be aware of that at such a young age. This is a uh, tweet. Now, let's, let's transition real quick to tennis. Are we, supposed to do, are we supposed to do Jaron Jackson here or tennis and golf? Tennis and golf. Let's do tennis we and golf. We can start tennis and pick up golf on the other side. Yeah. All right. So, tennis... Uh, this is from I Have No Blue Checkmark. After the mandatory Super Bowl discussion, and we'll get back to it because we'll do play-by-play here as well, would love to have your perspective on how Sabalenka and Sviatek would match up on the three surfaces of the upcoming majors since it looks like Sabalenka's serving issues have been resolved. Is she better than Iga? Okay, so first of all, let's get back to the Australian Open. So I had a bad weekend because I also had Rabakina with, with Djokovic as a exacta um, or as a parlay to win it. That was Rabakina Sabalenka. So I went to San Francisco after the show on Friday, Kelly. And I came back and I arrived back at 12. I had to take care of somebody. I came back at 12.30 a.m. back to my house. Mm-hmm. So Rabakina and Sabalenka had already started. I watched that whole match, slept for two hours, then played Todd and tennis and, like, slept my butt off afterwards. But that match was like Hagler-Hearns for women's tennis. It was awesome. It was outstanding. Now, unfortunately, I had Hearns in Rabakina. So the takeaway from that, from both sides of the Australian Open is, I think the women's side now has a couple players who definitely now you can, that can scare Iga in a more legitimate way in Sabalenka and Rabakina. If you will. Not on clay, to to answer this gentleman's question, not on clay. Uh, Iga's still the, the woman to beat on clay for sure. Does it call into, you know, does it call into question more again, grass, like Rabakina is probably the player to beat on grass. Um, the U.S. Open, where, again, Sviatek is the favorite. 
Could you see Sabalenka or someone else winning that? You could. Um, he is still the player to beat. But, yes, I think the big takeaway from that tournament is it's not quite the gap that it felt like before this tournament. Let's put it that way. So, French Open... You've got... Iga min- still minus 110, yeah, right? minus 110. Wimbledon, Iga is 4-1. to one. Is she still the short shot for Wimbledon? Wimbledon She's never won on grass before. 5-1. to one, Ribikina 7-1. to one, Sabalenka 8-1. to one. And So I think that's that's correct, yeah. right? So, they, so, so they, I was interested to see if they shifted these. They Iga's did a little bit. Iga's like. still number one in the world, and she should be. But yeah, she should probably incrementally drop to five to one, and then on grass, yeah, on, and seven to one, eight to one for those two, uh, and then the U.S. Open Iga should still be the uh, favorite. But yes, if Sabalenka is not having serve issues, she this is probably the realization of her potential. And then on the men's side, the takeaway was simply: look, the most feared words in tennis are Rafa on clay, Rafa at the French. Second is Novak Djokovic at the Australian Open. He's won ten of them now. Rafa's won 13 French Open titles. These are cartoon numbers. These guys are gods. They're not players. They're gods. Yeah. Um, so what did that? What is the takeaway from that? Well, Rafa and Carlos Alcaraz will still be the, you know, along with the Djokovic, the short shots of the French Open. I mean, Djokovic can't be dismissed, but Rafa and, and Carlos probably incrementally, um, probably more more feared there on on the French. I think you always have to give Rafa his due respect there even if the market doesn't reflect it. But then when you go to Wimbledon and, and if he's allowed to play, you know, at the U.S. Open, which is a big if, absolutely Novak Djokovic is your favorite. 22 Grand Slam single titles tied with Rafa. So I think uh, there are lessons, incremental at that, but lessons to be learned from the Australian Open. We'll talk about golf, farmers insurance, and this Jaron Jackson controversy next. Next. 